Good evening. My name is Alex Mateo, and I have a new life in Christ. I am recovering from a deep father wound that led me to have a fear of men, to idolize women, and abuse alcohol. In my arrogance and pride, I turned away from God. I did not trust him or his promises. Instead, like King Solomon, I chased after the wind and tried everything under the sun. When my mom became pregnant with me, my biological father gave her two choices, to have an abortion or to be a single mother. By the grace of God, he gave my mom the courage and the faith to choose life. My earthly father abandoned me, but my Abba father adopted me. In Genesis 50:20, Joseph forgives his brothers who sold him into slavery, and he tells them, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Like Joseph, I too grew up in a foreign country. I was born in Mexico City, and most of my family is Catholic. I grew up attending church, and I was taught about the death and resurrection of Jesus. I had the head knowledge of who Jesus was. I believed that he died for our sins and resurrected, but I did not have a relationship with him. At this time in my life, I did not understand the depravity of my sin and my need for a savior. Pastor Rick Warren wrote this in a devotional, and it has stuck with me throughout the years. There are 18 inches between your head and your heart. But unfortunately, some people will miss heaven by those 18 inches. They know God in their heads, but not in their hearts. They intellectually believe the gospel, but they've never let it change their hearts. My childhood years growing up with a single mother were hard. She had to work and sacrifice time with me to be able to provide for us. After giving her life to Christ, she began to plan and water God's word in my life. But just like the parable of the sower found in Matthew 13, the seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. After graduating high school, I moved to Austin to attend the University of Texas. Hook morns. Uh, as our friend Matthew McConaughey would say, all right, all right. Uh, attending was a dream come true. I was not supposed to be there. I am the son of an immigrant single mother who left her family and country of origin to provide a better quality of life for us. She did not have the money to send me to college, but God is sovereign and he provided a way for me to be accepted through academics. This dream and blessing would become one of my many idols. After five years and only two semesters away from graduation, I made many poor financial decisions that kept me from graduating. God used this to humble me and discipline me as the good father he is. His word says in Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. Five years earlier, when I arrived on campus, I wasted no time finding the party life. I began to abuse alcohol and mis misuse the little money I had. Alcohol became a way for me to escape my brokenness and pain. At my lowest point, I was driving blacked out drunk, putting my life, and more importantly, the life of others at risk. I did not care because I was selfish. When I drank, I would become someone else. I was smooth with my words. I was confident. I was the life of the party. I joined a fraternity, and all the desires of my sinful heart became a reality. Women began to notice me, and I became really good at knowing what to say and what to do to be liked and accepted. I was a liar, a cheater, and a deceiver. I became a womanizer and objectified women. I made myself believe that if I just met a beautiful girl that loved me, my life would be perfect. I went from broken relationship to broken relationship. 
I was having sex before marriage and I ignored any potential dangers or consequences. But even as an enemy of God, he would have mercy on me. I ended up moving here and hearing about the porch, the young adults ministry on Tuesday nights at Watermark Dallas. I began to attend church again and I really enjoyed listening to the messages, but I continued to struggle with letting go of the world. I had one foot in and one foot out. Going to church on Tuesday nights and partying in Uptown on the weekends. God's word describes this well in Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. My turning point then came on a weekend in Vegas where I got blacked out drunk, lost my wallet, and I missed my flight back home on purpose. Upon my return, I felt depressed and empty. I finally became sick and tired of being sick and tired. That same weekend, I received an email reminder that I had signed up for launch, the Young Adults Retreat Watermark host at Sky Ranch. I ended up attending and I was able to experience true freedom for the first time in my life. I asked myself, how could 1,000 young adults experience such joy and fun without any drugs or alcohol? What or who did they know that I didn't? That weekend, I met Jesus and he forever changed my life. I finally surrendered and cried out to him for help. I repented of my sins and asked him into my heart. He had been pursuing my entire life, pursuing me my entire life, and I finally opened the door to which he kept his promise found in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens his door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. After giving my life to Christ, I realized that I had a long way to recovery and healing. I came back from camp ready to be all in and get plugged in. I was blessed to meet my brother, Styles Harper, at launch. He was in my small group, and he and his wife, Jenna, also gave their lives to Christ that weekend. Styles and I became members of Watermark, and we joined the community group. Through launch, community formation, and regen, we met Luke, Matthew, Mark, Joel, and Andrew. I thought, these are some pretty solid biblical names. <laughs> they must be wise. Hashtag blessed. The Word of God in Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Through prayers and abiding daily with Christ, God began to, began to work in my heart. His word promises in Ezekiel 36:26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He lifted me in victory over some of my sin struggles, but I also continue to wrestle with my flesh and sinful nature. Paul describes this in Romans 7:15. 17 I do not understand what I do for what I do what I want to do I do I do not do but what I hate to do and if I do what I do not want to do I agree that the law is good and it is no longer I myself who do it but it is a sin living in me Paul also tells us in 1 Corinthians 10:13 that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. For the first time in my life, I began to read and trust God's word. He freed me from my fear of men, gave me victory over a 14-year struggle with pornography, and he helped me commit to practice abstinence until I got married. He used my wife and our community group to help me become sober of alcohol, and it's almost been two years since the last time I've drank. Deuteronomy 24 says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. In the process of healing and gaining victory and strongholds the enemy had taken captive, I realized that I carried a father wound that I needed to address. 
I began to attend Regen with the desire to become equipped as a soldier preparing for battle. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Todd and Kyle, our pastors here, always say that the healthiest people in our church attend Regen. I am thankful that God humbled me to admit my brokenness and ask for help. Through step three, trust, God taught me to depend on him. He broke down the lie I had bought that he was trying to rip me off. Instead, I realized he was only trying to set me free. The foundation verse for this step is found in Ephesians 2, 4 to 5, and it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Step five and six, confession and repentance, were extremely freeing for me and helped me realize the significance of the payment of Christ on the cross. While going through these steps, I had the privilege to get baptized and declare my new life in Christ publicly. Regent also helped me to seek forgiveness and to extend it to those who had hurt me. I learned that I could forgive even people that may never ask me to forgive them, including my biological father. God takes forgiveness very seriously. He reminds us of his great mercy and calls us to extend it. In Colossians 3.13, he says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. While going through Regen, I met my beautiful and God-fearing wife, Heather. We met at my old job with Lifetime Fitness. She came in shopping for a Lifetime membership, and she ended up with a Lifetime husband. In just our second conversation, we found out we both belonged to the church body at Watermark Dallas, and she was going to begin attending Regen. When we first met, we were not ready to date as we both carried a lot of baggage from our past and we struggled with purity. We both decided to take some time apart to focus on a relationship with God. The months went by and we would still run into each other at church or at the gym, but we respected the boundaries we set patiently and waited for God's will and perfect timing. Through the testimony of one of the men in my close group in region, God touched my heart towards the idea of pursuing Heather for marriage. I was selfishly hesitant because she was a single mom, but God reminded me of my own story and brokenness. As a son of a single mother, I desire that my mom had married a godly man that adopted me as his son. I realized that God put Heather and Gabriel in my life for a purpose. One of my favorite promises of God is found in Joel 2.25. He says, I will restore you to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And he truly has. These last three years of walking with Christ have felt like a decade because he has done so much in our lives. We began to date in November almost two years ago. We then got engaged on Good Friday five months later. And we got married August 11, 2018. In less than a year, I became her husband, a father to Gabriel, and a father again to our baby girl, Isabella. God is a good father, and he gives good gifts. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, not everything has been perfect. Far from it. Jesus promises that in this world we will have trouble, and in less than a year of marriage, we've gone through trials. We both lost a loved one, which is always hard and painful. I was in a car accident that totaled my car, and I had to leave and switch jobs a few weeks prior to Isabella being born. Through it all, God has been faithful, and he has done as Hebrews 12, 1, 2 instruct us to do. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For all the things I've mentioned, both the good and the bad, the joyful and the painful, we praise him. In Romans 8:28, God's word makes an amazing promise. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, our struggles, storms, and failures don't surprise God. He expects them. The Bible says God knows what we are made of. He remembers that we are dust. 
God won't stop loving us when we mess up or when we don't trust him. The central message of the Bible is this. God doesn't love us because of who we are or what we've done, but because of who he is and what he has done. God made us and he loves us. It's settled. We cannot make him love us more. And after we cannot make him love us more, we cannot make him love us less. He loves us just as much on our bad days as he does on our good days. His love is not performance-based. He is with us through the hills and the valleys. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is always by our side in the middle of the fire. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not see you ablaze. So if you're here for the first time or back for the hundredth time, welcome home. You're not here by mistake or chance. God himself is running after you and patiently waiting at the door. Please open it and let him in. The late Billy Graham once said, I have never known a man received Christ and ever regretted it. I encourage you to come as you are. You do not have to clean up your mess first and you are not too far gone. No one is. The story I've had the privilege to share with all of you is one of redemption. Before recovery in Christ, I was blind and lost, but through Christ, I have been born again. Like the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I now stand here before you, and I'm able to sing with joy an old tune you may be familiar with. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Only Christ can turn coal into diamonds, sand into pearls, a caterpillar into a butterfly and he has turned my mess into my message. So if you forget everything I've shared, please remember this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He is the King of kings, and he is the great I am, but he is also our author, our maker, our ransom, our savior, our refuge, our hiding place. He is our helper, our healer, our blessed redeemer, our answer, our saving grace. He is our hope in the shadows, our strength in the battles, our anchor for all of our days. He stands by our side. He stood in our place. Jesus, no other name. Thank you.